What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Will. It's Griff. It's Stuff. And in today's episode, we're going to start off with some breaking news from our Boston Red Sox this afternoon. And then we're going to go right into week two predictions. What do we say, boys? Let's do it. Welcome back to Inside the Five. Let's get things started with some breaking news coming from our Boston Red Sox as Will introed. Something that we've been talking about for the past two years, and it kind of felt like it was never going to happen, but it finally did. The Red Sox are moving on from Heimblum. Um, This is a dream come true. This is something that we all wanted to happen. A majority of Red Sox nation was just sick and tired of the bullshit that he would tell us. And we were sick and tired of not seeing the same vision as he did. Sox moved on. It's a brand new chapter in Boston Red Sox baseball after another mediocre season. Yeah, I mean, looking forward, it's how are we going to win the World Series, which is what you want to hear from a team that I feel like I always talk about having such a big market in Boston. And we've been kind of playing a small ball type role with our organization. It, we just haven't been fans of it. That's not how we're supposed to be rolling in Boston. Um, I saw a tweet. I wish I saved it directly. I don't know exactly who it's from talking about the four times that we won the world series. We were top three highest payrolls in the league. And I mean, going into this year and I think in the high blue era, we haven't been in the top 10 of payrolls. And I'm, I mean, that's good for saving money for the organization, but it's time to go out, spend some money and, win a ring that's that's what we're here to do we're a big market we win world series let's try to get back to that glory i mean yeah i mean he came in he he basically essentially did what the organization asked him to do rebuild the farm save up some money for a few years and basically essentially planned for the future the real question is is what's going to happen with core on a contract year because usually when we get a new gm falls by a manager so that's the interesting part we'll see when that gets there yeah, I know. And so one of my friends, he's a Yankees fan, and he thought that Heim Bloom did a good job. And I started dying laughing because this isn't a Red Sox episode. We're going to move on from this in a second, but we'll get into it in another episode. But there is so much stuff that he could have done if he was good GM that would actually set us up better for the future. We're like, we're okay for the future right now. We're in the mid-tier of MLB teams when it comes to our farm system rankings. Um, we could have easily been top five if he made certain moves, if he actually bought into rebuilding the farm system. But he just kind of stayed in no man's land. He tried to play it way too safe, and that's why he's gone, essentially. But baseball, we're not here to talk about baseball, boys. We're here to talk about the National Football League. We're here to talk about week two, and we're starting off with tonight, Thursday night football, the Minnesota Vikings travel to the to Philadelphia to face the Eagles, the Eagles home opener. The Eagles are favored by six boys. Griff, kind of talk to me. What do you see about this matchup that could be intriguing? And what do you think about uh, what's going to happen? I mean, last week what we saw was the Eagles come out strong. And the Vikings kind of lag along, see what they could do, get the ball to Justin Jefferson. And obviously he had the yards, but he didn't have a touchdown. Um, so tonight I'm taking Justin Jefferson first touchdown score of the game. Um, but I'm not leaning that way towards the end result of the game. Um, I think that overall the Eagles are absolute dogs. Uh, they proved it with their defense and I do want to say about last week's performance, it was a close game against New England, and I'm going to say it, a good New England team. It was a tough game against a good New England team. They're going into a week against Minnesota where they're playing at home, their home opener, they're favored by six points. Minnesota's coming off a tough loss against Tampa Bay. This could be a bounce back week for them, or it could be a, a, another rough week digging themselves a little hole um, going into week three against the Chargers. I I love Justin Jefferson to get into the end zone of this game. I don't love Minnesota Vikings other than that. I'm going to be taking Philadelphia in this game. Minus six is the spread. Um, I think they win by a touchdown. I think it's pretty easily. Um, and I love the way that this defense looked in week one. 
And I think that their offense, um, Philly's offense has a lot to gain going into the next few weeks, gaining momentum, getting a little bit more trust between receivers and running backs, um, seeing who's going to be that guy in that running back room. I think that we might find that out tonight. Um, also, I have Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. Um, I love this game tonight, but I have the under. Hmm. I, I like that. Um, I have Justin Jefferson anytime tonight, and I have Devonta Smith anytime tonight. But I'm leaning towards Philly minus six. I like the money line. I like them everything tonight. I just the Vikings didn't look too appealing against the Buccaneers. I think I saw something earlier in the week about Baker Mayfield basically just calling out their entire defense around halftime of the game, which that's just really embarrassing. Like Baker Mayfield, obviously, we learned that he's a say a pretty smart quarterback given his tenure on the Rams where he learned like the whole playbook and like the flight over. But still, I don't think as a, as a defense, you can't get, let that stuff get figured out that easily. It's week one. Like that's ridiculous. I see the Eagles dominating tonight. Yeah. We're all in the same boat here. We all have Philly minus six. Um, <clears throat> what I want to see out of the Eagles. I just want to see them be physically dominant on both sides of the offensive and defensive line which I think that they totally can. <clears throat> we kind of saw last week that their offensive line really didn't play as well as we expect them to. Um, Patriots are getting pressure on Jalen Hurts basically all game, leading to make him throw away the ball a few times, whatever that may be. But I want to see the Eagles offensive line step up. We know that they're one of the top three offensive lines in the league, probably number one. I can't really think of it, a better offensive line from – left tackle to right tackle than the Philadelphia Eagles. I want them to see I want them to physically impose themselves onto the Vikings defensive line. And on the defensive front, they just got to be physical. Um we saw last week that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are giving Kirk Cousins fits back there. He turned the ball over a lot of times. I expect to see something similar out of Kirk Cousins tonight. I think that there's going to be a lot of turnovers on that side. The Eagles just got to take care of the ball. Eagles minus 6. Griff, I like your take on the under as well. I think that it's kind of kind of be a defensive matchup for one side. I don't see the Vikings really doing much at all. All right, moving on to the Sunday slate of games. We'll get things started with an NFC matchup, two young quarterbacks. The Green Bay Packers travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Packers are favored by one. It's basically a pick em. Um, I'll get it started just because I ended the last one. I have Green Bay here. I think that Green Bay is kind of being a little disrespected here. Um, I know they're probably going to be without Christian Watson, but that really didn't deter them at all last week against Chicago. And I think Jordan Love is a, a good starting quarterback in this league. I think in the limited games that we've seen him, he's gotten better each time. I don't know if you guys remember. I think it was his rookie year or yeah, it was his rookie year when he started against the Kansas City Chiefs and he was terrible. That wasn't a good game for them. They didn't even score. And then he went in against Philly last year, kind of in a garbage time situation, but kind of led them back into that game and made it the final score look a lot better. And then we obviously know what happened last week when he threw for three touchdowns over 200 yards and led them to a dominant blowout victory against a divisional rival. And I expect them to keep up this momentum. And I expect the Green Bay Packers to beat the Atlanta Falcons, obviously covering the spread of one. Yeah, I mean, what Green Bay did in week one would – would be a great sign for any team in week one. And um, kind of looking at Atlanta's side, they're coming off uh, also a pretty big victory of two touchdowns um, against Carolina and against a rookie quarterback. Um, but going into this game, there's a lot of guys that I'm looking out for. I actually think that this is like one of the better games when you're looking at younger teams. These are two of the younger teams in the league and in the NFC especially. And I, I love the two-headed running back combination of Tyler Al Algier and um, – why am I blanking on that? Bijan Robinson. And I, I think that this has to be a big week for that offense in Desmond Ritter. So I'm going to go with Atlanta here. They are the home team in this game. Um, obviously one last week. Looking to improve to 2-0. and I'm looking for Desmond Ritter to throw over 200 yards, and I'm looking for Kyle Pitts to get into the end zone in this game finally, break that seal, kind of get into their rhythm of the season. I think it's going to be a very tough-fought game. Um, I like the way that Atlanta's defense trapped Bryce Young last week. It's going to be a little bit different of a battle against Jordan Love. Like Stoff said, a guy that 
has kind of gone in when he's messed up, he's looked bad, but then he's kind of progressing his way through his career. And he's had a few years of experience, not really in game, but week to week and being in the NFL and going through everything, going through the preseasons, going through the whole season. And I, I, I really do like this Green Bay Packers team. And I like them in the North, especially with what we saw out of the Vikings team. But I think Atlanta is going to put up a good fight on defense and I'm looking at a few guys on this injured list from Green Bay as well. A few of these guys out means it, it, it's pretty much an even matchup, like the spread says. Um, I got Green Bay on Sunday. I think the Packers come out and set the tone for the rest of the season against the Falcons. I think it's a good game, too, even though the Falcons are a pretty decent squad this year. I think they're going to show what they're going to show for the rest of the year against this Falcons squad. All right. Moving on to the next matchup, we have the Vegas Raiders traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills are favored by nine and a half points, and I'm the only one who has the Bills in this one, and I'll tell you why. I think that this is a perfect rebound game for the Bills. I know they're kind of on a short week, but at least they, they're the home team. They don't really have to travel too far from New Jersey. Uh, this is a game where we want to see what the Bills are supposed to be, right? Defensively, they pl they played all right against the Jets, given that Zach Wilson's their quarterback. But now you're facing this Vegas Raiders team who has some talent on the offensive side of the ball with guys like Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, who I think is going to be out. Am I right or wrong? He didn't out. practice today. Yeah, he had he had a, he has a concussion. Um, that stinks for the Raiders, but I really don't think that it's going to matter. Or it doesn't sway my opinion on why the Bills. I don't know why it would, but. I have the Bills covering here. I think that they put it together finally. I think that we see a lot of Josh Allen. I think we see a lot of completed passes, and I think we see them establish the run because I feel like they went away from the uh, the run last week. I feel like they never got the running backs involved, and that's probably why things started to teeter away, especially when they had that lead. They never could really establish the ground game to put away that game. They easily could have, but they never did. I have the Bills covering nine and a half here. Yeah, I think that there's no doubt that the Buffalo Bills win this game. I just think that nine and a half points is a lot. I think that going into a week with, Oh, my fire alarm's going off. Carry on without me. I'll be back. Um, well, that's crazy. Yeah, that was wild. But I guess to tail off what Griff's saying, because he's what he's saying I'm liking a lot of, and that's why I'm also going – with the Raiders. I think the Bills, my whole thought process was I saw the spread. Bills didn't convince me enough against um didn't convince me enough on Monday night to really cover a 10-point spread, especially against the Raiders. Like the Raiders aren't great, but I don't think they're that bad for nine and a half points. Or is it nine and a half, right? Yeah. I just don't think they're they're that bad. I, I do think the Bills are gonna win. I it's it's a weird game. I think it's a it, it's a weird game because of the spread. I think that's why it's kind of hard to judge because reality, I think the Bills should easily cover that spread if they didn't play like shit on Monday. Yeah, it's a weird matchup, and I feel like these are two teams we really never see square off. Um, yeah. It, it's an interesting game. I feel like if the Bills won last week in the same situation, but like hypothetically they went down the field and scored, against the uh, Jets to win in overtime, I probably would have taken the Raiders. But the fact mm -hmm. that they lost, I feel like it's one of those weeks where the Bills just come out on fire and they cover the spread. And Griff had the Raiders as well. We'll just talk about his pick. Uh, mm -hmm. Moving on to the next game, we have another divisional rival, a division rivalry between the Baltimore Ravens and they're traveling to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. The Bengals are favored by three and a half points. We're all in uh, unison here. We all have the Bengals here. Uh, it's It has to be a rebound game. It's our home opener. After putting up an absolute stinker, pulling the starters early in the fourth quarter, the Bengals have to cover three and a half. And against the Ravens team, who I wasn't really too impressed with, other than Zay Flowers on offense, that offense didn't look good. I, I'm, I mean, obviously you said all of us got the Bengals. It has to be a bounce-back game week two, especially the way the Bengals started the season. That's just like not at all what you expect from that team, even though they aren't a consistent week one team year in and year out. I wasn't a whole lot impressed with that Ravens team, like you said, other than Zay Flowers. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins gets hurt. That kind of – I feel like that it's the same story every year. 
and they didn't really pass the ball a lot either. Odell didn't get involved. I expect them to try to involve them more now, but it's also it feels like this like they don't play a bland game. It's just it's kind of too repetitive for them to for teams to really not adapt to. I feel like the Ravens have been playing the same style. Like Lamar's running around the ball the whole time. They're running the ball and they're throwing short passes. I remember like Lamar throwing deep balls and stuff like that with uh with like Rashad Bateman and all them. Like I feel like if they open up that offense, it might be a different type of game that we see on Sunday. But I think the Bengals come back and win in their home opener. Yeah. Um let's skip over this next game away for Griff to come back and let's go to where both the uh, podcasts we have our Chargers traveling to Tennessee to face the Titans, and well, we're different here, a lot different. Um, let, uh, how about you get it started? Okay, I can definitely see your angle here, mm-hmm. and I you'll obviously hear later on in the episode more how I feel, but I'm going Chargers. I got the Justin Herbert jersey. Shout out Fanatics Sportsbook. Um, Yes, and then um, only YouTube can see that. But I got the Chargers. There's no way they go out. I know they're playing in Tennessee. Week two is a tough week to pick. It's arguably the toughest week because all this week, looking at the whole slate, all these teams are very equally close to each other. You really don't know which way to lean. So I like. I feel like this week you can't really feel like, oh, like why would you go that route? I feel like you can see both sides. But. I just don't see the Chargers losing. I didn't really love the Titans. They felt like a weird team, but they also felt on the same level as the Chargers, which makes me really confused because the Chargers defense I don't love. Obviously, I'm not helping my case picking the Chargers here. I just I'm doing it for the culture at this point. But I think that offense comes out a little bit more exciting this week, and I think they bury them with the yeah, offense. Um, I think the Titans might have a hard time keeping up with them if they open the playbook a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, makes sense, but I'm going the opposite route here. I have the Titans, obviously, that plus three at home. I cannot see the Chargers stopping Derrick Henry. I can't see the Chargers stop anyone, to be honest. And I think the Titans' defense is pretty good. I think that they're well-coached, and I think it's going to kind of be an under-type game, low-scoring, and that benefits the Titans. And I think the Titans win a close one. And... um it's going to be hard for the, the Chargers to really stop Derrick Henry. And I'm blanking on the backup running back's name, but he got a lot of touches last week. He did get a lot of touches last week. Maybe bad journalism, but I can't remember his yeah. name either. Maybe we uh, see a little bit more of DeAndre Hopkins this week in that Titans offense, but I have the Titans plus three, and Griff has the Chargers as well. All right, moving on to the next game. This is kind of – I don't want to say a snooze fest, but – It's not really the game that I'm going to be paying attention to too much. We have the Chicago Bears traveling to Tampa Bay for the Buccaneers' home opener. Uh, The Bucs are favored by two and a half points. Will, you and I agree on this. We both have the Buccaneers minus two and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a a coin flip for me in in a really weird way when I was sitting down writing out my picks for the week in our doc. I had the Bucs, then switched to the Bears and thought about it. And then I remembered Baker Mayfield just randomly making that call out. And I was like, the Bears seem like a franchise this year that would easily be able to read, the, like, that he would be able to read their defense. They just didn't look awesome enough. But, like, I don't know. These two teams, this is like, it's it's week two, but it feels like this is the tone week for these two teams. Like, the Bucks win this, they actually show who they are. And I feel like the Bears losing this game kind of just puts them in the same old Bears category that they're always in where it's just like oh like they might like still look out for them they might win but unlikely but i'm going the bucks here i think baker mayfield gets the job done yeah um i liked what i saw out of tampa bay last week i like how they kind of put everything together in a new style of offense it's hard to move on from tom brady who's the best quarterback of all time and not only that he's probably the best preparer of all time he probably got that entire offense in sync going into weeks like this and um it was good to see them pull out a win on the road last week. Now that they're traveling home, I think that this Buccaneers team is going to bring a different style of football to what we're kind of used to. I think that they're going to be a really gritty team led by Baker Mayfield, and I think they're going to be a hard team to beat, especially when you're a young Chicago Bears team going on the road. I love Tampa Bay in this game, and I agree with everything you said as well. Um, 
I like the direction that this team is going in. However, Griff has the Bears. I, w- I was interested to hear what he had to say about that, but um, sorry, he's going to be evacuated. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the next game. We have the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. The Chiefs are favored in this game by three and a half points. Um, this is This is a weird game for me. I'm very high on the Jaguars, but we all know who the Kansas City Chiefs are. The Chiefs put up a dud last week. They didn't have Travis Kelsey, but it's tough. It's a tough game to pick. We all have the Jaguars. I think if this game was in Kansas City, I would pick the Chiefs. But every time that the Jaguars and the Chiefs face off, the Jaguars play them well. Last year in that playoff game, I know Mahomes had his ankle injury or whatever. The Jaguars had a chance to win that game. And they fell just short, fumbling on the goal line twice. Uh, I think that this is one of those games where they have that they've had that game circled on the calendar since they released the schedule back in May or in June, whenever they release it. And this is a big trap game for the Chiefs to fall 0-2. And that's not really a place you want to start uh your season as a defending Super Bowl champ. No, not at all. And I didn't say it on the last episode when we talked about the Chiefs. I wanted to hold it for prior because I didn't want to jump the gun too early. But I, I, I don't love this Chiefs team. I like everyone's always says like, "Oh, Super Bowl hangover, Super Bowl hangover." I don't really even think that's the case. I just don't think their roster is that good. Like we can hope Kadarius Tony might come out there and catch a ball, maybe, and like, and that offense will look a little bit better. I just don't even think with currently with Travis Kelsey's quote unquote injury because like he's playing i'm pretty sure right yeah he's i haven't back. heard of him be, but for, as of right now yeah. he's not out he's <laughs> yeah which is weird and i think even if he did play in that game against the lions yeah he probably would have scored which would have made the difference of the game i still think they would have lost going back to that but for that same exact reason i think the jags come out here and win they're going to show who they are again against a really good team obviously super bowl former super bowl reigning super bowl champs I just I'm not in love with the Chiefs the way I like I'm I never really liked the Chiefs anyways, period. But I'm not I don't feel the same way as I do like when their team is like, oh well they still have Patrick Mahomes, like it doesn't really matter who's out there. You you really saw the the bad from them against the Lions, and that was against the Lions. Yeah, exactly. And that offensive line kind of looked in shambles the entire game against Detroit. And Jacksonville has a pretty good pass rush over there. And that defense is pretty good as well. I'm not saying that the Lions defense isn't, but uh, it might be tough, especially with Travis Kelsey playing, getting in his, the first game since the Super Bowl. He didn't play in the preseason, so it, he's going to be a little shaky. I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped a few passes as well. But this Jaguars offense, how they picked up in that second half, they're going to carry that momentum into this game, and that's why I have them covering, uh, obviously winning outright and covering the three-and-a-half plus three-and-a-half point spread. Griff also has the Jaguars. All right, staying in the AFC South, we have another uh, divisional rivalry between the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. The Colts are going on the road to face the Texans, the first overall pick and the second overall pick. Uh, This is a fun game. The Colts are favored by one point to pick them at Houston. Both quarterbacks are 0-1, and they're both looking to get their first career NFL victory against the other. Um, We all are on the board with the Colts here. I think that Anthony Richardson is going to come out, and I think he's going to show why he should be the offensive rookie of the year. He was very impressive, as we said last episode in uh, week one, and C.J. Stroud still had a lot of things to be put together. I think that the Colts are a much more complete team, and I think that they come out and win this game. I'm right there with you, obviously. As you said, all three of us have the Colts on Sunday. I really love what I saw at Anthony Richardson last week, and I agree with – like, obviously we had our own picks – Try to be different with the with the old Roy. I mean, I'm right there with you on him. He looks like the most complete player coming out of this draft, pretty much so far. Like he really showed what he has, and he looked completely NFL ready. And he was kind of getting slept on a little, obviously second pick, but like people weren't expecting him to be all that. Like towards the end, like they're like, oh, like during preseason and whatnot, they're like, oh, Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson. But he looks great. He made that Colts team look like alive during this whole weird kind of era, especially with Jonathan Taylor on the pup list, all this stuff going on amongst the franchise. He doesn't care. He's going out there and he's balling. 
I mean, obviously Stroud looks like he has some things to put together still, which, I mean, you, you can't not knock him for that either. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not good because he looked all right. Like, he didn't look bad. Yeah. I mean, the way the Texans win this game is they have to win through defense. That defense did look pretty good against yeah. the Ravens. As we talked about when we were talking about the Ravens versus the Bengals, um, that offense of the Ravens really didn't do too much. They put up 22 points. Um, and that's a pretty good offense. And the Texans are now facing the Colts, who on paper are a worse offense. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of Will Anderson getting into the backfield, making some plays there, maybe forcing a few turnovers on Anthony Richardson. All right, let's travel across the country, and let's talk about the 49ers going to L.A. to face the Los Angeles Rams. Now, both teams are 1-0. and Um the 49ers haven't been home. Oh, there he is. Oh, Welcome good. back, Griff. Yeah. All right, before we talk about the 49ers and the Rams, uh, Griff, are you alive? Yeah, uh, basically um, someone was cooking. Someone didn't know how to cook. Uh, the the fireman came and all that, and nothing happened. That was probably the most that I've ever missed of an episode in my life, so my apologies, yeah. but I'm here and I'm ready to talk about football. Um. So we saved the Seahawks game for you. Let's not talk about the 49ers and the Rams right now. So we did skip over a good amount of games. But, um, Griff, talk about your Seahawks going to Detroit to face the Lions. The line is five in favor of Detroit. All right. I mean, looking at this from a non-biased approach, this is the definition of a trap game. The Lions are coming off their quote-unquote Super Bowl the best start to a season that they could imagine for beating the Chiefs week one Thursday night, but they low-key have a mini-buy. Having a mini-buy is a good thing, right, for a team. But week one going into week two, don't you want to try to get some momentum? The Seahawks coming off a tough week one loss. They have a lot to work off of. They have a lot of people that really didn't get the ball enough, in my opinion, Jackson Smith and Jigba being one of them. I think that they should have uh, got our second-round running back Zach Charbonnet involved a little bit more, and we're going to be looking potentially for a few guys to be out, uh, including Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross, both of our tackles. Not the best sign. We are adding a few guys to the defense, though, um, and Devin Witherspoon, who's our first-round rookie corner. He didn't play last week. He should be good to go for this weekend. Um, Jamal Adams still probably not going to be in. Uh, I just I think that we're going to win the game. I don't know if I'm delusional. I don't know if I'm stupid, um, but we came into the season with some expectations and a team led by Geno Smith has never really had many expectations. So coming on to week one, you have a tough divisional game and you take a tough loss and, and it's a young team growing pains. I think that this is a big opportunity for them to to come back and be like, hey, we can hang with the big dogs. Why not take down the team that just took down the world champions. I, I, I like the Seahawks a lot in this game. Um, and whenever the Seahawks and the Lions play, I feel like there's a lot of points scored. The over-unders at 47 hammer the over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to talk about the opposite approach to this because I'm taking the Lions here minus five. It's going to be a high-scoring game. And I think that that benefits the Lions a little bit more because when it comes down to it, the Lions have an ability to make a stop. And – Based off of what we saw last week and based off of the injuries that you talked about, Griff, I'm nervous that this offense for Seattle won't be able to go in full force. I, it's going to be hard for them to get the running game going because the passing game is not going to really be there. It's going to be hard because those defensive ends on the Detroit Lions, they get to the quarterback. And if you're missing your two starting offensive tackles, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, I think especially, maybe my opinion will be swayed if Witherspoon and Jamal Adams were going to be playing because then you have ability to make some plays on the ball. But that defense for Seattle right now, it does kind of scare me. I don't see the turn turnover potential outside of Tariq Woolen. Uh, you have some de – they have some decent players in the secondary, but it's just one of those things where the Lions are being very fundamentally sound and it's going to be hard to beat them that way if you can't essentially stop them and if your offense isn't putting up points on a lot of the drives. I'm going with the Seahawks this week. Um, I think this is a good game for them to bounce back 
with the Lions coming off of a crazy win against the Chiefs. You guys pretty much said the bulk of it, so I'm not going to go too far into it. But I think that's I think this is a good game for the Seahawks to come back and get a win. All right, let's go back to where we were. <clears throat> we were talking about divisional. We're staying in the NFC West. It's perfect transition. Yeah. We have the 49ers traveling to LA to face the Rams. The 49ers are favored by eight here. Um, that's a lot of points, but I think that they can cover this. I I'm obsessed with the 49ers. I think that they're one of these teams that they can just score points and they're not gonna allow you to score points. I think we're very high on the Rams right now. And I think it's gonna be exposed this week. The fact that Cooper Cup isn't there for this Rams team. Uh, Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua aren't going to get it done against the best defense in the NFL. I have the uh, 49ers covering eight on the road. I also got the 49ers covering eight on the road. I think this is going to be another one of those games that we see the 49ers and we're just like, wow, like look at this team. They obviously got the job done, well done at Pittsburgh. I just don't – I'm not – I'm not – like obviously we saw the Rams – Beat the Seahawks, but I don't love that enough to love them over the over the 49ers week, even with them giving that many points. Yeah, and just I mean, I guess I'm taking the opposite. Uh 49ers, they had a fantastic week one. Um, and this is the NFL. You know, you handle business in week one, and then you have to travel not only to a divisional opponent, but going to SoFi Stadium against the Los Angeles Rams. Both teams 1-0 going into this game. Off of what was shown in week one, I know the Seahawks aren't really a good test for the 49ers, um, but Matthew Stafford didn't look like he was the oldest man on earth, which I thought he was going to come out and do. He moved the ball well to Tutu Atwell and to Puka Nakua, and I think that those two guys have the opportunity to you know, have real breakout plays and expand this offense, and I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, the over is set at 44 and a half. I, I like the under in this game and I'm going to take the Rams for that exact reason. There's a lot of points. I think the Rams score, maybe two touchdowns, maybe a field goal gets in there. Um, and I think the 49ers handle the game with, I mean, no doubt, but eight points is a lot. I think the Rams come in there late, maybe sneak in a field goal or a touchdown. They end up covering the spread late in the game. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, if the Rams win this game, I think that we need to start talking about them as being a legit contender, to be honest. I, it might be an early season overreaction, but if you're doing all this without Cooper Cup, it's only the sky's the limit for what you can do with him. Uh, he's only going to benefit this offense. It's not going to be one of those situations where he comes back and this offense is out of sync. He can play in he can play the outside, he can play in the inside, he can do whatever that team needs him to do. And if Matthew Stafford can beat the San Francisco 49ers with essentially a practice squad of receivers. Maybe some people are talking about him as MVP. Some people, not maybe not me, maybe I will, but I think that's a conversation that we could have. Definitely not me. It could be a conversation that we talk about on Tuesday's episode when we recap week two. All right. I'm going to, we're going to move on to this game. This is the toilet bowl of the weekend. This game sucks. This is the New York football giants going to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Uh, two of the teams, the Cardinals have the lowest expectations of all time, to be honest. I, I don't, I can't really remember a team who's had lower expectations than this Cardinals. They team. don't have their first overall pick. They don't have their first round pick no. this year. That's awful. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That sucks. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, New York football giants, I think they do. They might need it. Um, this is the toilet bowl. The giants, I'm not impressed with them. Wasn't impressed with them when we did our NFC East predictions. Um, I have the Cardinals covering five and a half here. I think this is going to be a very, very low scoring game. I don't think we might not even see a touchdown. I I wouldn't be surprised. I think that with this, would the Giants be the first team? In NFL history, not score a touchdown in the first two weeks if that if that happens. There's probably been some yeah, there's probably been some other team, but I think it'd be hilarious. I have the Cardinals covering the uh 
five and a half here. I, I think that's way too generous of a line for this Giants team who put up an absolute shitter and looked like they couldn't even get out of their own way against a Cardinals team who Jonathan Gannon dominated the Giants last year when he was the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a sloppy, sloppy game. Um, I think it's going to be a highly penalized game. I think it's going to be a very well-officiated game. Um, and I, like you said, Stav, these are two of probably the worst teams we're going to see all season going up against each other early in the year. Josh Dobbs is the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, there's not really ta- much to talk about these two teams. The Giants, you could say, had a little chip on their shoulder going into the season. So screw it. I'll take a minus five and a half. Go into Arizona. Um, I think that, you know, it's prime real estate over there at State Farm Stadium. Uh, they're renting Airbnbs out every weekend, and New York is going to go out there, rent out State Farm Stadium for Sunday. I think it's going to be a sea of blue down in Arizona, um, and it's almost going to be like a Giants home game. Nobody cares about the Cardinals down there anymore. Giants minus five and a half. You're muted. That's strike two, Will. Bro. That's twice. That's bad. Um, That's bad. You're just gone. Um, I got Giants minus five and a half. The Giants suck. So do the Cardinals. I just think the Giants suck way less than the Cardinals, I guess. I don't Fair know. Enough. This is an awful game. All right. All right. Moving on to the next one. We This, is, this would have been a sick game if we all know if Aaron Rodgers wasn't dead. Um, the New York Jets traveled to Dallas to face the Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored by nine. It's a lot of points, but I, based off of what we saw last week and based off of the hype that this Cowboys team is getting and based off of the uncertainty that we're seeing with the New York Jets, I have the Cowboys covering nine here at home and their home opener. Uh, I don't see this Jets offense really doing anything. I, I don't think that the defense can stop this Cowboys team enough for them to cover the spread. That, that's basically all it comes down to. I don't like cutting off answers early, but I I have nothing to say about Zach Wilson. We all know what that quarterback is. Um. Yeah, uh, I just want to say that Zach Wilson only threw for three less yards than Dak Prescott did last week. And Brees Hall is coming off his ACL, doesn't look that great. But Dalvin Cook is right there behind him, and Michael Carter is right behind him. Um. I love the Jets in this game. I love the Jets in this game. I love the Jets in this game. There is no better, better opportunity for the Cowboys to put up an absolute shitter after dropping 40 at MetLife against the New York Giants. I think that you come back to Jerry's World next week, it's going to be a packed stadium looking to blow out this Jets team without their star quarterback. And I think they're going to put up an absolute dud. I almost kind of like the Jets to win this game. Um, I think that this Jets defense, that defensive line, that secondary is set up to do what Dak does best, which he didn't do last week, and that's throw interceptions. I think that there's going to be a a few picks in this game. It's going to be a game that the Jets control through their defense. If their defense is solid, Maybe they cover the spread. Maybe they win the ball game. I'm going to take the New York Jets in this game. I got the Cowboys. Um, I honestly think they come out and destroy another New York team again. I think Zach Wilson is scared to play this team after what he saw with the with the Cowboys into the Giants week one. I don't think it's going to be a good game at all. I think the Cowboys completely dismantle them, and they're going to continue their reign on the rest of the season. All right. All right. Next matchup, we have the Washington Commanders traveling to Denver to face the Broncos. The Broncos are favored by three and a half here. This is another shit game. Um, I was not impressed with what the Broncos did last week. Um, but with that being said, I was less impressed with what the Commanders did. And I was pissed off that the Commanders didn't cover against one of the worst football teams ever assembled in the Arizona Cardinals. So my thought process is they're not going to cover against a team that's not really as bad as the Arizona Cardinals, a team that some may say is better than the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I have the Broncos covering at home. I think that we're going to see a similar Russell Wilson that we saw in the first half last week. Jerry Judy is expected to play, and I think that opens up that offense a lot more. 
we're going to see the two-headed monster that we have in that backfield of Samaj P. Ryan and Javante Williams. And I think that the defense of the Denver Broncos is too much for Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. I have the Broncos covering three and a half. Yeah, I hate the Broncos. In general, I hate them in real life. I hate them in the in this game. I hate them. Um, I'm going to take the Commanders. Sam Howell, whether you like it, whether you don't, he's a dog. And Sam Howell, I think, is kind of similar to Baker Mayfield. Goes out, gets scrappy, wins those games. I think that Denver is a little full of themselves. And they're not ready for Washington. And I don't think anybody's really ready for anybody in this matchup. And, uh, you know, three and a half points, in my opinion, is a big spread for this game. I think the Commanders go out win this game, but I honestly think maybe both teams lose this game. This is my tie of the week. This is my tie of the week. This is my tie of the week. I love that. Um, I have the Broncos here. I hate this game a lot. I hope I don't see it at all. I, like, I just – I don't know. I like hated the way the commanders played, to be honest. And I di- like didn't love the Broncos. I just like Sean Payton. So like roll with the Broncos here. Wasn't impressed by any of these teams last week. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it is another kind of garbage type game, but whatever. Let's move on to Sunday night football with Will and I's New England Patriots at home against a division rival, Miami Dolphins. Now, the Miami Dolphins are favored by three going on the road after a very impressive week one win. Um, I will be in attendance, which makes me think to take the Dolphins. But with that being said, I'm not, I can't do that. So I'm taking the Patriots plus three at home. I think that this defense is going to give this Dolphins offense a rude awakening because, based off of what we saw in that Chargers Dolphins game, I think that Tua thinks he's invincible. I think that Tua thinks he's the best quarterback in the NFL and he's just wanting to pat himself on the, his own back. And I think that this Patriots defense is built to stop an offense like the Miami Dolphins. And I think that we're going to see this Patriots offense move the ball consistently down the field, take a lot of time off the clock and score touchdowns, finish drives, which is something that they really didn't do too much last week. Um, They should have finished more drives. And you need to end all of your possessions in points. If you can end your possession with kicking a PAT or kicking a field goal, I'll consider that a victory because your defense is so goddamn good, in my opinion, that points that you get on offense is just an automatic win for that defense. I mean, I'm I'm picking the Pats. I feel like I'm going crazy again now that the Pats look halfway decent against the Eagles. I don't really know what to think anymore. Um, but I like them plus three at home. I think they're going to go out there. They're going to play really strong defense. I think the Dolphins feel like they're on top of the world, and I don't like that. I, I think they they kind of escaped by with that game against the Chargers. You know, they the Chargers fell apart late, and they took advantage of it, which obviously that's what a good team would do. But the Pats look – they look like they were competing. They, they're, they're competing out there. They look competent. They looked a little confident too, and I like that, especially out of the offense. I'm ready for a big week for the Pats. Yeah, and I love the Patriots in this game. And for that exact reason, I'm taking Miami. Uh, you guys are both Patriots fans. Uh, Stav's going to the game. And the reason I love New England in this game is because that defense is, I mean, a world's difference to the defense that Miami just played in Los Angeles, which was pretty much what we did in the schoolyard. You throw seven kids out there and you just guard whoever and – that's what the Chargers did. They just did whatever the hell they wanted on defense last week, and that's why they gave up so many points. I don't think it's going to be the same this week. Um, I think that the Dolphins are going to get a nice little test game here, a little ramp up um, against a tough team, and this is going to set the the pace of the season for the AFC East. I think the Pats give them a nice fight. Um, the Chargers, I, I, I have them winning by a touchdown, and I think it's going to be a great game. I think Tyreek Hill is just something that, I mean, who's who's going to guard him on the team? The rookie, it, it, whether you like it or not, Tyreek Hill is. I mean, he's going to do ungodly things this year, and we saw in Week One. I know the defense was so bad; he put up 200 yards. He's not going to do that against the Patriots, but he's putting up at least 80. Someone's getting in the end zone for Miami. One of those receivers is getting in the end zone. 
Um, I think it's going to be a very, very fun battle. And I like the under in this game, too, at 46 and a half. I think that's a lot of points. All right. Let's move on to Monday Night Football. A doubleheader in Monday Night Football. You got to love that. I think that they should just do this every week. I think that'd be awesome. But <laughs> we're not lucky enough for that to be the case. Now, we have the New Orleans Saints traveling to Carolina to face the Panthers as home underdogs. The Saints are favored by three. Um, I had the Saints here, and I think that we're going to see this offense take that next step. We saw an all right display on Sunday against the Titans. Uh, we didn't really see much. We didn't see really any touchdowns. But I think that it's all going to click this week. I don't think the Panthers' defense is all that. I think that they're kind of in for a rude awakening. I think that Bryce Young is also in for another rude awakening in his first home start. There's a lot of pressure on him. Derek Carr's a good quarterback, but I'm going to cap it at good. He's he's like an all right quarterback. He's a game manager. He'll get it done. And maybe we even see Michael Thomas get into the end zone here. I like the Saints' offense. I like their defense a lot more. And I have the Saints covering three on the road. Yeah, this Saints defense is going to do bad things to this Panthers offense. And I think also goes the same for the Saints offense against the Panthers defense. Um, That secondary without J.C. Horn is very lackluster. They don't really have a lot of guys. Um, And you're looking at a team that has Chris Olave and has Mike Thomas. Um, They're looking to do something in this game. Only three points. I think the spread should have been a little bit more. I love the Saints in this game. Uh, minus three, I love them so, so, so very much. Um, I think that the Saints win this game by at least 17 points. I also got the Saints. Um, the Panthers look like how you would imagine the Panthers team would look like, especially after seeing them week one. There's nothing too great, nothing special at all there. There's It just kind of looks kind of mediocre. Um, going up against two divisional opponents in back-to-back weeks, with a rookie quarterback is just not a recipe for success. Saints are winning this game. Strike one. Strike one. Listen, we're all we're all over the place this episode. Don't don't point at me, Mr. Burnt Building Down. I didn't burn it. <laughs> That's what that they all did. You arsonist. All right. The Cleveland Browns are traveling to Pittsburgh, a division rivalry. A lot of divisional games this weekend. Yes. But um, Browns are favored by two and a half points against the Steelers on the road. And I think that's very disrespectful. I think the Browns win this game pretty easily. Yeah, I think that they prove that they're a solid football team in this game. And I think – the Steelers did probably the opposite of that last week. Um, I I think that the Browns are going to go out there. Uh, they're going to run the hell out of the ball. Uh, you know how much I love these AFC North games. I think that the Steelers put up a little bit of a fight, and I think that that's why the spread is so close. At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is better at quarterback than Kenny Pickett is. Nick Chubb is better than Najee Harris is. Those skill guys just do a little bit more. Um, I have this being a big game for Amari Cooper. I I think that a game where it's not going to be as uh, rainy, the elements aren't going to be as much of a of a factor in this game. I think that the ball is going to be in the air a little bit more for the Cleveland Browns. Um, they're going to mix it very well with that run combo. I think they go out there and, and I think they handle the Steelers with ease. I got the Browns too. Steelers didn't look great. I like. Honestly, the Steelers suck. I think they're going to get embarrassed at home Monday Night Football, going with the Browns. And that that's it for the Week 2 uh, preview. Now let's get into the most important segment in the history of this podcast, of Lock of the Week. And uh, <clears throat> undefeated, 1-0, and Stav. The only one who's want to know, what do I have here for my lock of the week? And now this might be a surprising pick. This is probably a team that none of us really expected to be their lock of the week this year. But 
I'm going to be ballsy here. I got the Indianapolis Colts covering the spread against the Houston Texans. And I'm, Will, exactly how we recap this game while Griff was burning down his building. Uh, I think that Anthony Richardson proves that he is the offensive rookie of the year. And I think that he proves that he's the best quarterback in this draft class. I got the Colts covering one here, pretty much winning outright. I like that. Um, it's kind of boring for me because I'm doing it again back-to-back weeks, but I'm taking the Chargers minus three against the Titans. I don't know why I love the Chargers this week. I think the Chargers open up the offensive playbook a little bit more and they come out there and they do their thing on offense. Defense, I don't know what to expect. I'm a little scared about that, but I think they're going to be able to score more points than the Titans. I think that defense has to do something. They can't possibly play that bad again, especially against, I would say, they really only have to focus on um, on Henry. Obviously, they have D-Hop, but I feel like that's here and there. They have corners to do that. They have the team to step up and win that. I'm feeling great with my new Herbert jersey, and I'm feeling like a bolt-up celebration on Monday. All right, Will's, Will's repping the merch. I'm actually repping the bolt-up merch, too. Uh, but I'm going to be taking the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football, minus three at Carolina against the Panthers, an AFC or an NFC, excuse me, the South matchup. Um, I love what the defense of the New Orleans Saints showed me in their week one victory. Um, I'm looking for veterans to step up in this game, guys like Cam Jordan, guys like Demario Davis, who I loved in week one, and then a few guys in that secondary. I saw a few things from Tyra and Matthew that I liked in week one. Uh, Marcus May as well, who's over from New York. Um, in, in this offense, like I mentioned earlier, we just talked about this game. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, those are two big guys that we should be looking for as J.C. Horn isn't playing for Carolina. Um, I actually think that like not only is this a lock of the week, this might be one of the locks of the season. I think that this is an absolute cakewalk, and I think that this is a layup, Saints minus three. I think that I'm just going to go out there and get my easy win. This is like the scheduled bye week. I paid the Panthers a million dollars to play this week against the Saints, and I'm going to cover this, spread. Wow, they got those are our locks of the week, boys. Um, eventful episode, a lot of mutes, a lot of fires. Uh, so many fires. So many fires. We covered multiple sports. Probably the only time that we're going to do that for a little bit, and probably until basketball season. Maybe we'll talk a little bit World Series, playoffs, baseball, but who really cares? It's football season. We're a football podcast. We don't really care about anything else. I think that just about wraps it up. Yep. So we hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, my fault for setting the fire, but I'm also the one that put it out. Uh, that's why I returned so soon. Um, so you can see me either way as the hero or villain. Everybody has two sides to their story. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. It's going to be a fantastic week of football. Don't forget about college football on Saturday. We will start talking about that on this podcast very soon we will see you guys after week two has wrapped up and yeah i mean i guess that's all peace